During a stretch that we all thought was basically going to be meaningless with all the players that the Pistons have out, there have been a few bright spots, and we'll talk about that on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that helps you save money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And also, make sure you guys go check out Check us out over on YouTube if you haven't already at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the channel. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of an update, you guys can hear it probably in my voice even worse today. Uh, I, COVID is really, really, really kicking my butt. Last few days, I feel I've gotten, uh, I feel like I've gotten a little bit worse and worse. Cold wise, I don't have body aches or anything. Or it's not like, like uh, needing to go to the doctor bad. But you guys can obviously hear that I'm very stuffy. I'm very, uh, I've been dealing with the cough or whatever. So. We're going to try to zoom by this podcast today. It's not going to be too long of a podcast because I just don't know if I can if I can make it throughout a whole podcast without messing up or, you know, without my voice running out. But we're going to try to give you guys as much as possible today. I'm running solo today. We don't have a special guest on today. And I apologize for it being a little bit later on in the day than it usually is. Uh, last night, I just simply had – there was no way I was going to be able to record. Uh, I, I was I was not going to be able to fight through it and have enough energy and, and my voice just – it just wasn't going to happen, basically, guys. So I apologize for this episode being a little bit later on in the day. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about your Detroit Pistons. So, like I said in the cold intro, during the stretch of games, over the last seven or so games, you know, we've been with – the Pistons have been without Jeremy Grant, uh, then eventually without Kay Cunningham, and then eventually without Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Saban Lee, Josh Jackson, Corey Joseph, Ryan Gruder. Almost the entirety of the Pistons roster, damn near the entirety of their rotation. They only really have three players in the rotation still playing. Uh, even that was cut out last night, which another blow to the team with Frank Jackson suffering an a, a ankle injury. Now, I don't think we have an update right now. I'm following the Detroit uh, the beat riders, waiting to see if we can get an update. Uh, usually I get an email of an update for injuries. I haven't got one yet. So as soon as we get an update, I'll be sure to tweet that out to you guys and put it on my YouTube and you know update all you guys wherever you guys are. But we don't have an update right now on what Frank Jackson's injury was. Uh, he looked like he was in some severe pain. Uh, obviously, we hope that it's not too bad. It's not as as bad as it looked with how how badly he he, he looked he was hurt. But uh, I, like I said, I'll update you guys as soon as we find out about that. But Frank was 100% one of the bright spots as well. Uh, I had mentioned on uh, one of the podcasts a few days ago that I thought Frank Jackson was carving himself a, a role for this team moving forward as a as a rotational player. Uh, he's never, you know, there, there was some hope last year that maybe, oh, maybe he could be this, or maybe he could possibly be a starter, or maybe he could possibly be this, all that stuff. But I, I think Frank has firmly carved himself a role in the NBA for years to come as simply a spark plug and someone who comes off the bench to instantly score. Now, whether he can be a six-man doing that, Probably not. Uh, maybe like a seventh, eighth guy, a guy who's like your best scorer off the bench comes in and can just get you quick buckets, like just like that. I think he's. Uh, I think he's for, uh, carving himself a role in that, in that, in that space in the NBA for years to come. I think the Pistons would be happy getting him. I think that's one of the best finds by Troy Weaver. I think that's something that he can take great pride in. If you guys want to talk about some of the best moves that Troy Weaver has made 
I think Frank Jackson has is easily has to be up there because Frank Jackson, I believe, I'm 100 percent sure, started off as a two way guy, and you know he hadn't been his career has been rocky to say it the least. Uh, it looked like he was going to be out the NBA at one point. Uh, he didn't look like he was really finding his niche. He had, he had been shooting very well from beyond the arc throughout his career with the New Orleans Pelicans before arriving in Detroit. And again, he was a two way guy before. It didn't look like he had a. It looked like his career was hanging on by a thread in the NBA, and. You know, I think this is one of the best finds by, uh, excuse me, I think this is one of the best finds by uh, Troy Reaver on the on the uh, during his time as the Detroit Pistons GM because this didn't cost him much to go after, and he got great value. This is one of his best value uh, signings or best value finds, I think, in his group with the GM as the as the Detroit as the GM of the Detroit Pistons. So uh, hopefully we get an update on Frank Jackson. Uh, hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, but, yeah, I think Frank Jackson had been somewhat of a bright spot for the Pistons over the last few games. Uh, yeah, I think you can firmly see what role he's going to be in for the Detroit Pistons moving forward. Uh, and, again, it doesn't have to be a starter. And just because, you know, this is one of those things. We talk about this on the podcast a lot. Uh, he's one of those players that you can be happy with. Like, you don't have to want more from him. Uh, I know fans usually want more from players, want more from rookies, want more from young guys. But you don't always have to have more to be happy with where they are and be happy with what you got and the value you're receiving from them. Like Frank Jackson, there's a lot of us and that, that wanted Frank Jackson to maybe become more than he is right now. I thought that, oh, you know, look how good of a scorer he is. He could be he could be a 20-point-per-game scorer. Look how good of a scorer he was last year. But if he's simply a seventh, eighth guy that comes off the bench and is one of your best scorers off the bench and can give you that instant offense off the bench, that is a good pick, and that's fine. That, that's That's a good pickup. And that's great for his career. That's that's fine. You don't have to like that's that's that you should be happy with that. You don't have to want more out of that. That should be you should be happy with that and know that you have that on your team. That that's that should be a good role for him. Man. And you guys should all be uh very happy that he's finding himself in that role and, and, and carving that out for himself. I know Frank has to be ecstatic that he's not carved himself that that uh role. Because again, like I said, his career looked like it was hanging on by a thread, and that looks like he's gonna be in the NBA for years to come as simply a guy off the bench who can score a lot for you. Uh, but that's all I've got for you guys with Frank Jackson. There are a few other things I really wanted to get to. Uh, there's two probably bigger points that we're going to get to when we come back. Uh, but I had to talk about Frank Jackson because obviously he dealt with that injury. I want to give him some props for how he's been playing. Uh, because again, beginning of the season, it wasn't looking, everyone was struggling as long, uh, along with Frank Jackson, but I feel like he's turned it up over the last month or so. Uh, and you're really starting to see the role he plays and he's played well. So I want to give Frank some props, but when we come back, we'll talk about two other guys who are making a big impression on me during this timeout with all the players uh, missing for the Pistons, Jeremy Grant being out, and all the other players I listed being out for the team. Uh, there's two other guys that have really left uh, a good impression on me during this stretch, uh, and, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Pistons use them moving forward. But we'll talk about that when we come back from the ad break. But first, I have to tell you guys a little bit about one of our sponsors, Truebill. Do you know why free trials are new without your consent? Is a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions today. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your online subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill counselor is there when you need them to, to cancel online subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill also has two over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. So don't fall for the subscription scams. Try casting today. 
That's truebill.com slash lockdown NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash lockdown NBA. It can save you thousands a year. That's truebill.com slash lockdown NBA. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast at Lockdown Pistons over on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. I believe we just crossed over 1,200 subscribers now a few days ago. So we're moving up. We're showing everybody we're the best fan base over at the Lockdown Network. So I'm happy to see that uh, and continue to do that. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. I appreciate all the love and support you guys are showing me. Uh, and also, if you guys are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys go down below, leave a five-star review, say something nice about me, talk with me, feel me. I really appreciate that as well. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about some of the other guys that have really impressed me, I really think highly of. So one of them is Hamadou Diallo. Um, actually, you know what? Let's not talk about Hamadou. Yeah, I guess we'll go Hamadou Diallo. We already talked about Sadiq Bey the last podcast. So we'll go with Hamadou Diallo first. Um, first of all, I just want to say this about Hamadou Diallo. Hamadou Diallo is becoming one of my favorite players in the Pistons to watch. Now, I, I, some people may not find him as aesthetically pleasing to watch, but for me, I feel like most hoopers, if you, if you play basketball and you watch Hamadou Diallo uh, play, and I guess it depends the type of player you are. Growing up, the type of player that Hamadou Diallo is and the way he plays is exactly how I played growing up. I was a complete slasher. I used my athleticism to just I, usually, you know, I didn't have that much. Like growing up, I didn't have looking back on, I didn't have that much skill with the ball in my hands. To be honest, I was a slasher who got to the rim a lot because I was extremely athletic. I tried to just out athlete people, and I finished around the rim. Drew, drew fouls. I played great defense, and I got to the rim a lot. Couldn't really shoot. Couldn't shoot off the dribble. Couldn't iso. Couldn't do anything like that. But I got to the rim. I could get to the rim fast. I was quick, and I just try to out athlete people. And that's what Hamdu Diallo does. And the reason why he's becoming one of my favorite players to watch is because. Two things. One, his drive to the basket are just so beautiful. It's like he does things that are like that shouldn't be possible in some of his drives. They just shouldn't be. So like one of them is, and I've said this in the podcast before. It looked like he, it'll look like he's cut off, and somehow he still gets an inside foot on a guy, and and is able to have this type of balance to get around them and finish at the. It's it's insane the type of balance he has in midair. It's crazy. Uh, another one, the way he jumps and way way when he leaves, it looks like he's like flying through the air gracefully. I guess it's a lot of fun to watch him drive to the basket. It's probably because the Pistons just don't have that many guys, or I, honestly, maybe not even another guy who can get to the basket the way he can against anything. Uh, it's really fun to watch him drive to the basket. And the other thing is when he rebounds the ball, it feels like he he high points the ball every single time. And every single time he rebounds it, I feel like he's going to tap out on the rim. And we've already had the – I already told you guys what tapping, tapping out is where, where I grew up. It's when you smack the backboard uh, while you're in the air. So every single time it looks like he's just going to pound the ball in the glass every time on, the, on a rebound. It's, just, it, it's super fun to watch. I don't know. It's, those are two tiny things that does. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just super fun to me to see. I, I, it's two little things that, that they don't really matter that much, but, you know, it's just two things that make it a little bit more fun for me to watch and I like seeing from here. It's aesthetically pleasing. Uh, but you want to know something else that's aesthetically pleasing? His performance overall over the last seven games. Now, Everyone knows that Hamadou Diallo was out the rotation the start of the season. We had that blow up with him and Dwayne Casey over on the bench. I forget which game that was. It was the middle of a blowout game. He didn't want to really come in. Dwayne Casey sent him back to the bench. Troy Weaver came down. Uh, for, I believe it was against the Cavaliers or Pacers, I want to say. Um, I think. I don't know. I could be completely off with that. But either way, uh, Troy Weaver came down from the bench. 
or from the from his seats, pulled him to the locker room. They had that whole little scuffle. It looked like Hamdou Diallo just wasn't going to be lasting in Detroit much longer. However, he has firmly made that not the case. He has played extremely well since then. So before we even talk about his last seven games, over the last, excuse me, over his last 20 games since that incident, he's averaging 11 points a game, between 57% from the field, 33% from the end of the arc, 4.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 1.3 steals a game. He's playing his role really well. He's contributing off the bench. He's shooting, excuse me, he's shooting really well from the field. He's just been overall really good for the Pistons off the bench over these last, over those last 20 games. But I want, I want to focus more on these last seven games. Now, in these last seven games, that's with that's when Jimmy Gretz got hurt. That's when Kay Cunningham's went out. That's when Killian Hayes went out. Isaiah Stewart, Saban Lee, Josh Jackson, Corey Joseph, Kelly Olynyk. All these guys are out. And the Pistons are basically playing with a bunch of pickup guys. They have three rotational guys who are out there. You got Hamdou Diallo, Frank Jackson, and Sadiq Bey. Frank Jackson's not out. But during those games, you had all three of those guys. So those were the only three rotational players on the Pistons. Everyone else were G League guys. Legit. They were calling guys up from Motor City Cruz, and they were going against other NBA teams. All right? Now, if I told you this, if I told you I was taking one of your role players, if you're even if you're listening to this, you want to bring up any other NBA team. If I told you that you were going to take one of your role players that are maybe, you know, starts with like your fifth guy or is your or a bench player and he's like your seventh or eighth guy. If you took that guy, threw him into the starting lineup, surrounded him with G League players, made him play other NBA teams, increased his usage, what do you think would happen? I think everyone here with no bias, and, and obviously you can see what's happened over the last few games with the Pistons, but before then you would have said that his efficiency would drop. He would probably drop. Everything would crater. The team would be awful, and he just wouldn't be able to get anything done. That player, that said player would just not be able to get anything done. He looked really bad in the role, and everything would just plummet. That has not been the case for Hamdu Diallo. For example, let me tell you guys this. Over the last seven games, Hamdu Diallo has had a usage rate of 22.2%. On the season before this, he had a usage rate of 19.8%. So his usage has increased. Over the last seven games, and again, I want to hammer this point home. His usage rate has increased, not with Keelan Hayes in the lineup still, not with Kate Cunningham in the lineup still, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek, Isaiah Stewart, rotational players in the NBA. His usage has increased with G-leaguers surrounding him. So, you see the usage has increased. What's going to happen? He's probably, his, his efficiency is going to drop. He's not going to be able to perform. Actually, it's quite the opposite. Over the last seven games, Hamdou Diallo is scoring 16.6 points a game, averaging 5.6 rebounds, 2.0 assists, 2.3 steals. He's shooting 58.6% from the field, 38.5% from deep, and he has a true shooting percentage over the last seven games of 59.7%. On the year, he's having a 59.0 true shooting percentage. So with increased usage rate, and G-leaguers surrounding him against other NBA teams. He has maintained his efficiency, actually a little bit better, but basically has maintained his efficiency while having much more production. That is huge for me. That is a big deal. Now, the issue is, I've had some of you guys already reach out to me and say this. Will he be able, he's not going to be able to have this type of role when these guys get back. He's not going to have this type of usage when guys get back. Now, that's true. He won't have this type of usage. However, in the final segment, I'll talk about what Dwayne Casey and what the Pistons need to do to make sure that they try to get this kind of production out of him 
and the next player we'll talk about, I'll go ahead and let you guys know who it is, is Sadiq Bey. But they have to find a way to make sure that they can get this similar type of production out of these guys, even when the other players come back. The job of the coach and the job of the team is to get the most out of your players and, and play to your players' strengths. You're seeing right now Hamdou Diaw play at a diff, completely different pace and completely different confidence level. I've seen Hamdou Diaw come up and walk into dribble pull-up threes. I've watched Hamdou Diaw come up and dribble himself into pull-up elbow mid-rangers and make them. I've watched Hamdou Diaw be the Pistons' best initiator, driving to the rim. He's swinging the ball over a lot, but you're, you're going to have some negative with a guy increasing his usage like he has with G-leaguers. He's having 2.6 turnovers a game. You probably want that cut down a little bit. But he's like the Pistons' best initiator over the last seven games getting to the basket. And it's not just because he's with G-League. It's because he's literally probably the best driver on the Pistons' team. No one can stop him getting to the basket. He's finishing around the rim. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. He's finishing around the rim. He's getting to the rim. And he's showing more confidence outside of the three feet within the paint. He's doing a really good job offensively. And I think he's shown that he's deserving – of more and, and we kind of we already talked about this kind of on the podcast a few I think it was a few weeks ago where we said that Hamdou Diallo last season with the Pistons had the ball in his hands a little bit more and was able to create for himself get into the basket draw fouls and he looked good doing it you're seeing that now over the last seven games except he's looking even better doing it so again he's not going to have this type of usage when these guys get back true but that doesn't mean that he should go back to just playing off ball and standing in the corner or something that's not what he should be doing it's on Dwayne Casey and the team to figure out a way to utilize him and play to his strengths when these guys get back. Because the team is not good. The team has not been good, with even with all their guys. Kay Cunningham has needed help. Jeremy Grant has needed help. Even though Jeremy Grant has played, played, played no, he's, he's been a part of this. But Jeremy Grant's needed help. Kay Cunningham's needed help. Kimmy Hayes has needed help. Isaiah Stewart's needed help. All these guys have needed help. And these two guys that we're talking about right now have shown that they're capable of carrying a little bit more responsibility and giving these guys some help. So it's on the team and Dwayne Casey to try, try to find a way to utilize these guys and get the most out of them and make them all mesh and help each other. So that's hopefully hopefully what we'll see when these guys get back. But when we come back from this ad break, we're going to talk about Sadiq Bey, what we've seen from him over the last seven or eight games. And then we'll also talk about what I believe the Pistons can do to try to utilize, help best utilize all these guys together and what they can do when these guys get back to, you know, continue to get this kind of production out of Hamilton Diallo and Sadiq Bey. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Fairline AG. Fairline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the college bulls season and the pro football playoffs. By the way, I just want to say go blue, Michigan. Come on, we can do it. Fairline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% local bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Fairline is the fastest and easiest way to burn all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers available. Again, head to their new website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Fairline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked Out Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. Um, hopefully, my voice hasn't been too annoying for you guys uh, today. I know it probably sounds a little scruffy. Uh, you can hear me with, you know, dealing with the stuff he knows. Uh, we're trying to get through it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
Hopefully you guys have enjoyed the podcast so far. Uh, but we're going to finish this off relatively quickly here. Uh, but Sadiq Bey is another guy who has played extremely well over the last seven games. Over the last seven games, he's averaging 24.3 points a game, 7.4 rebounds, 3.1 assists. He's shooting 45% from the field, 37% from three on 8.7 attempts. And again, we talked about this on the last podcast where we spent the entirety talking about Sadiq Bey. He's getting to the free throw line seven times a game and shooting 93% on these free throws. Him getting to the basket and playing physical, <clears throat> excuse me, him playing uh, physical and getting to the basket has been big for him. He's drawing free throws. He's cutting out those long, isolated mid-rangers. He's shooting threes, getting to the basket, and it's been really good for him. It, it's translated really well for him. He's playing extremely much or much more efficient for the Pistons over the last seven games. And again, he's the same thing with uh, same thing as Hamadou Diallo. If you told me that you were going to give Sadiq Bey more usage with G League guys surrounding him with going against other NBA teams with the way he's played this season, you would have thought this would crash to the earth, but it hasn't. Over the la- or over the season, he has a usage rate of 20.8. Over the last seven games, he has a usage rate of 23.2. His usage has went up. On the season, Sadiq Bey has a true shooting percentage of 49.5%. Over the last seven games, he has seen, what is that, a 14-point increase in true shooting percentage efficiency at 63.4% true shooting. That is insane. Again, I want to hammer this point. I'm going to keep hammering this point home. He's doing this with G League guys surrounding him against other NBA teams, being asked to do more with G League guys around him. This is huge for me. He's answered the call, and he's realized, I talked about this in the last podcast, but I'm going to, re, I'm going to reiterate it here, that he's cutting out some of that fat. That's what my, my guest on the last show, House said. He's cutting out some of that fat. He's not taking out these long isolations. He's being much more decisive. He's taking these uh, these threes when he's open. If you give him a little slither of space, he's letting it go, which is how it should have been all season. That's how he, he needs to get back to his roots. If you don't give, if you don't, if you're not up in Sadiq Bay, is what I'm trying to say, he should be letting it fly, and he is letting it fly. And what that's causing is guys to close out faster. He's being much more decisive with his drives instead of waiting and deciding to take a midi. He's going straight to the basket, being physical and drawing free throws. Is making his game a much more easier on himself and much more efficient uh, as a player over these last seven games. So Hamdou Diallo and Sadiq Bey, I think, have been absolutely huge bright spots. And the Pistons absolutely have to find a way to utilize these guys when Cade, Kelly, and all these guys get back. So how do you do that? Now, I'm not an NBA coach. I'm not claiming to be an NBA coach. But in my opinion, what do you do that? How do you do that, I should say? Well, first thing you have to do, you have to trade Jeremy Grant. Uh, Jeremy's not going to be back for, was another four weeks, I think it is. He's going to be out another four weeks with his thumb injury. He should never see himself back in this lineup. He just shouldn't. There's not enough room for him here. These guys have shown progression. They show that they can handle some responsibilities uh, if you create them for them. Uh, and there's two, I, even without those two guys, there's already too much, uh, too many guys on the, on the starting lineup that need the ball in their hands. You have Cade. Killian needs to run some pick and roll. Sadiq. Is trying to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. Hamilton Diallo has shown that he deserve, he's deserving of having the ball in his hands a little bit and, and getting himself going, getting to the basket, and all those kind of things. Jeremy Grant just needs to go. And we talked about this like two podcasts ago. That this is where his, his, his value is at his highest right now because contenders are desperate for him and they're desperate to pay up for him. So not only is it that Jeremy probably doesn't fit right now with how many players need the ball in, in the development-wise, his value is all, also at his peak value. So you need to get rid of Jeremy Grant, trade him, and get this value in return. Uh, and and he, in my opinion, he just shouldn't see this lineup again with these guys. I think that will help these guys' development 
and 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 help and make it easier on Dwayne Casey to find ways to get all of them the ball and find ways to utilize all of them. And I think it would be even tougher if Jamie Grant was in the lineup. Uh, so that's my number one thing. Two, you have to stagger these guys. Um, my thing is the Pistons bench probably isn't that great. It's just being straight up. You got Frank Jackson. Then what? You got Kelly Olenek, who, but he's out. Outside of Frank Jackson, who do you really got? Uh, Corey Joseph, not really. Saban Lee, he's I, but you guys already know, I think Saban Lee basically is a third point guard in the NBA. I don't think he's all that either. Uh, so who's who's this, these guys coming off the bench that that this is special? Yeah, Frank, and that's basically it. So you, n- you need to stagger these guys with the bench. Uh, have a lineup of Caden and Caden Hamlu Diallo out there at one point. Take Killian and Sadiq out first, and then bring back Killian and Sadiq, or some kind of mixture of those. Play those guys with bench lineups with other bench players. Utilize them separately. They can play well together. We talked about this like a week and a half ago in the podcast. The whole title of the podcast was how well the starting lineup was playing together. They they've been fitting together really well, but also they should be staggered as well. Not only because the Pistons have a trash bench, but because they all of them at some point need the ball in their hands to really get even more production out of them. So, I think the best way is to just stagger them. Uh, it's not as easy as it is, I guess. It's not as easy just to say it. Hey, stagger them, and all of a sudden you stagger them. Obviously, there's some rotational thinking that has to go into it, and some scheming that has to go around it. But I don't think it's that tough and too much to ask for by saying that you need to stagger these guys. You had already seen them starting to stagger Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham. You saw how that was starting to work really well for both of those guys. So why not do the same thing? Take Killian and and Sadiq out first, or Killian and Hamadou Diallo out first. What well, like that kind of thing, and then bring them both back in at the same time. To run the second unit together with Frank Jackson, etc. Do, do do those kind of things uh, because I really do think that they've shown over the last seven games that yeah maybe they over a long haul they should not have this type of usage and they're not going to continue to score twenty four points a game they're not going to continue to shoot fifty eight percent from the field over the rest of their career that's not what's going to happen I'm sorry you guys can hear my dog in the background she's crazy uh, but wrapping up the podcast they're not going to continue to put up this kind of stats for the rest of their career but. They can have this kind of productivity and they can impact the game this type of way if you allow them to and give them the opportunity to, which I think that's, that's what the Pistons coaching staff really needs to focus on, really needs to try to find a way to do so. When all these guys get back, how can we do that? And my options are obviously make sure Jimmy Grant never gets back into this lineup and also stagger these guys and try to find ways to play them in like in like duos without each other. They play well together. Like I said, they do play well together. You can continue to play them together a lot. But also find little spots where they can try to create their own shots within a game. They should be able to have like a little responsibility and a little freedom at some points. I think they realize that, like I just said, they realize that with Killian and Kate a little bit. They fit together. They've played well together. But also both guys need a little bit more freedom as well, too, on their own to create and utilize their abilities. Both guys are good in the pick and roll. Both guys are 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 are, are uh, archetypers that have the ball in their hands and run the pick and roll. So while they fit well together, also find some ways that let them play to themselves a little bit too as well. You're not really getting the most, most value out of them if you're not doing that. It's the same thing with these other guys what we've seen. So I think that's my biggest takeaway from these last seven games without all the players is that these two guys also need to find uh, – the coaching staff also needs to find ways to get these guys their own little bit of freedom and putting them in the best positions to succeed like they've done over the last seven games even when everyone's in the lineup. So let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below. We're going to wrap up the podcast there. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm sorry for my voice. I'm sorry for the podcast being out a little bit later than usual. I'm sorry that I sound a little sick. 
Uh, we're fine through it though. We're gonna get this. We're gonna get this going, man. Uh, hopefully, I feel better next week, next Monday. Uh, so you guys don't have to deal with this kind of scruffy voice. I apologize for it, but thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. Make sure you guys make Locked On Bets your second listen of every day. Your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Again, I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast, making it your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And I'll see you guys on tomorrow's podcast. Peace out, everybody. Stay safe, please. And go Pistons.